Welcome to Season 4 of the M-W Tactical Podcast. Sit back and enjoy the conversations of Rockstar Burst and myself, Michael Woodland, as we discuss the sport of shooting, goals, training, community matters, and everyday life. You are listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. What's up, good people? It's Michael Woodland from M-W Tactical, and I've been getting the emails. I've been talking to people at competitions. People have been calling me. Bring the podcast back. So I thought everybody would be happy to see me and talk to me, but I guess everybody just wants to hear the podcast. So we are back with season four of the M-W Tactical Podcast. And we made a few changes. Um, my man, Dave, he decided to take a break. He had to focus on some stuff personal. And at the same time, he is looking to win a national champion. So we don't want to stop him, roadblock him in any type of way. So we want to go ahead and give him a round of applause and get him to where he needs to be in the shooting world. But he also said that he was going to come back. So we just got to sit back and wait for him to be ready and come forward. Now, that leaves an open seat in the M-W Tactical Podcast. But don't fret. Don't worry. You just won't hear my voice for the next 30 to 45 minutes, maybe an hour every week. I was invited to this event in Tennessee. And I'm going to bring this person in. But first, before I do any type of talking about her, yeah, I'm going to do a cliffhanger right now. But... <laughs> Here we are with season four, as we already stated beforehand, and the shooting season has progressed in so many type ways. More learning lessons than anything. And one thing I discovered in almost a year, something with my ammo. And we're going to be talking about that in the podcast, probably not today, but one of the future podcasts coming up. But I just want to take the time today to talk about the co-host so we can get familiar with her. Yes, I said her and see what she's all about and bring her into the M-W Tactical family, AKA the monster crew. So first things first, I'm doing great. I was going through some stuff with shooting. <laughs> I was practically about to give it up cause I'm like, yo, something is totally wrong here. But as I stated, we're gonna talk about that um, in the future podcast, but we're going to go ahead and take this quick commercial break and we're going to bring in this co-host and see what she is about. So stay in your seats, turn up the volumes. If you got headphones on, go ahead and adjust them, get some water, pop, whatever you need to do and stay tuned. We'll be right back. Mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality hermit oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. What's up, good people? Thank you for taking the time and listening to the M-W Tactical Podcast. Please, go visit the M-W Tactical store at www.m-wtactical.com forward slash store 
and help support our efforts by purchasing a shirt or two. If you haven't done so, go follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made at an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, we're back from our little break. And as I stated beforehand, we have a co-host, a new co-host for the M-W Tactical Podcast. I was invited to this event out in Tennessee with my buddy MJ from MJ Firearms. And I was going around capturing some footage and this person like motivated me just with her conversation. And I'm like, man, it's just amazing how you see how some people are driven to be in the path that they chose in life. But this person I felt has a great speaking voice, clearly states her opinions with no hold back. And I was like, yo, if anything, I got to get this person on the podcast. It just so happened, instead of doing an interview, I hit her, hit her up and stated, hey, you willing to be a co-host? And she was like, by all means, let's do it. So without further ado, we gonna run this person through the gauntlet. She goes by MJ, I call her Rockstar, but however she wants to be introduced, we are gonna let her determine that. So without further ado, I wanna introduce Rockstar to the M-W Tactical Podcast. How's it going for you, Rockstar? It is going fantastic, Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, I'm doing very good. Um, had a great weekend. Um, as I stated, I learned a bunch of stuff at the match that I felt was holding me back. And it was really one element that I overlooked. And like I said, I want to talk about that in the future podcast, but um, I was literally about to tap out of shooting because of that. And it was that big of a mental block for me because I'm like, how am I plateauing this hard and not moving forward? But I got through that this weekend. I've, figured it out with the help of somebody else who is going to come onto the podcast in a later show as well. And we're going to discuss that. And it's something so simple that I don't feel the mistake is on my behalf <laughs> because I didn't get all the necessary material that I was supposed to get, but it's another hit, hit or miss, but I'm just happy it was discovered. And now I got a new motivation fire up under me so I can push forward within the sport of competition shooting, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, so I, I want you to tell everybody about you because we already done three seasons of the M-W Tactical Podcast and people already know about me. And one thing I've always said, hey, I'm just a simple guy, ex-military, like to shoot firearms, like to talk to people, like to train, and just like to push myself to the limits, you know? So tell the good people out here in Podcastville, who MJ, who I call Rockstar, which one do you prefer, MJ or Rockstar? Either, either one. I mean, you can find me on social media at Rockstar Burst, but my name is MJ, but All you right. can call me either. Well, I'm gonna call you Rockstar because that's how I identified <laughs> you since the first time I met you. 
<laughs> All right, but tell the good people who is Rockstar. Yeah, so I am a born and raised Wisconsin girl. So I reside in Milwaukee and I spent my formative years here and lived in Milwaukee, well, Milwaukee and the surrounding areas until my like mid to late 20s. And then I kind of had this, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say midlife crisis, but a life crisis. And I said, you know, I don't want to be that person that doesn't go out and see the world. And I don't want to stay in my hometown forever. And I just want to go do bigger, cooler things than what I'm doing right now. And I packed up my life and I moved five hours away from Milwaukee up to Minneapolis. And I spent seven years uh, up in the Twin Cities. And that was really a very kind of pinnacle part of my journey. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I can get into in my, with my backstory, but really um, finding myself in Minnesota was, was a huge part of, of my journey. And um, through that, I got connected to some really awesome people who were very goal-driven and very entrepreneurial, very business-minded, and just kind of pushed me to be a better version of myself, which I was super appreciative of. And um, <laughs> during that time up there, I, I got connected to a bunch of different groups, um, mainly like business networking and real estate. And I'll touch on all that in a minute. But um, it's also where I kind of started to really explore more things on social media. So I started following some really interesting influencers and kind of got plugged into, um, you know, people like Maj Toure and... Um, there was a couple other people who were just like very inspirational and kind of aligned with my views and my values. And it's um, interesting because while I was living up there is when all of the, uh, the George Floyd, um, you know, protests and riots and really everything. I mean, a lot of it was really good. A lot of it was not so good, um, but that was sort of uh, like a, a big part of, um, you know, the last part of my time up in the Twin Cities. And while I was up there during kind of that, you know, it was like kind of chaos for about, for a while. And I mean, it still is not, um, the city has just changed quite a bit since, since I left. I actually moved back to Milwaukee in January. But out of all of that, um, I actually got to meet Maj in person. Um, I met a couple other people, Antonia. They actually all came into the Twin Cities to really kind of be boots on the ground and help. And um, Antonia was awesome. I actually met up with her and we scrubbed spray paint off of walls and bus stops. And she was just such a, a humble <laughs> human being to be connected to. Um, Rob Smith was there. Just there's a lot of people like all happening. and. Um, through that, I got plugged into some really, uh, really cool individuals. So I've kind of always been a, a freedom advocate, at least for, you know, the later part of my, my 20s. Um, I did kind of a, a big political mindset shift um, from being really fairly left wing to, um, you know, pretty right wing to now I, I don't really identify with either political party. I probably skewed if you've ever taken that political compass test, I am in the bottom right quadrant. So I'm, I guess, technically a conservative libertarian. Um, but anyway, um, through all of this, I've kind of just found other people who, who really stand for freedom, who stand for liberty, who stand for you know America, who obviously want to see what's best for other people, who want to be empowered individuals making the best decisions for their life without a whole lot of government interference. And that's kind of been my, my mission and my journey. So um, I actually met a, uh, a gentleman named uh, Argo in Milwaukee, and that was through an homage event. And then Argo kind of opened me up to this whole other world of firearms. So I, I'm not a competition shooter by any means. Um, I, to me, the second amendment is, um, you know, mainly a way of protecting our freedom. I think that obviously the first, in my mind, the, the constitution was written in order of importance. The first amendment is the first one because it's the most important and it's followed up very closely by the second one, which is also a very important amendment. So really sort of wrapping my mind around what freedom means to me, what it looks like in America, what it looks like now from 
versus what it looked like when the country started and trying to preserve as much of that freedom as as we have and as you know every day people are trying to chip away at you know at at our livelihoods at our individual rights at you know this country and what it was founded on so I guess I, I'm trying to fight the good fight in a couple different ways and just continue to talk about freedom, to call it corruption where I see it, to question narratives and to just surround myself with good people who kind of align with, with how I see the world. I totally agree with that. And um, thank you for that introduction and telling people a little bit about yourself. Um, like I said, once you dive more into your story, it's very interesting. So um, I want to pull out all the stuff like we was talking about when we was in Tennessee, um, because I think it will intrigue a lot of people, especially from the perspective as you was telling me when we was in Tennessee. Um, Let me ask you this question, um, since you had brought forth um, the Freedom Front. um, I'm a firm believer in all great nations only had a rule from maybe 200 to 400 years. And at the end of that time, you always see that civilization fall apart. And I think that's what's about to happen to us right now. And I'm hoping I'm wrong. But what do you think will be a quick fix or a fix to a problem whereas people see the nation falling apart? That's a good question. And yeah, you're right. Most of the great empires haven't lasted all that long. I mean, you look at, <laughs> at where where we started to where we are currently as, as a country. And mm-hmm. sometimes I, I just wonder, how did we even get here? And I think there's a lot of things um, that are going on. And like, if you look at uh, if, well, I mean, I guess if you start with just all the information that we're consuming on, you know, on a mass level, by and large, the, you know, the media that we consume is not really pro-American anymore. There's a lot of things that, that bash America. We haven't celebrated our country on a large scale. I mean, yeah, we have our holidays and we have the 4th of July every year, but I mean, there hasn't been a great, you know, American revolution. Bible in any way, shape, or form, I guess you could say. You maybe saw inklings of that during the Tea Party movement before it was really kind of co-opted, but sort of getting that grassroots level of people getting excited about freedom and really kind of taking on this, um, you know, this idea of big government. But I mean, a lot of it has to start at home. And I don't have kids. um, So I'm not raising up the next generation. But I think the people that are, they really need to get serious about about what are the values that you're teaching your kids and how are you instilling American values and American exceptionalism into them? Because they're told every day that America is, you know, a terrible country and we were a bunch of colonizers and everybody's racist and all of these things. And it's just, there are aspects of it that that's true, right? I mean, but you're going to have racists anywhere. It's not a uniquely American problem. Racists are, you know, everywhere kind of like, I don't know, pedophiles are everywhere. There's bad people everywhere. It's not a uniquely American situation. So, um, but to go back to that, I I do think that we need to start figuring out what are the things that really make America great and how are we embracing them and how are we teaching other people to embrace them? I think the constitution is one of the most amazing documents ever written by anybody, how it it lays out our amendments and our rights and that our our rights don't come from government, they come from, you know, a divine creator who was bigger than us. And one of my theories is that when you start to take away this idea of God or a higher power, what's the next biggest thing in line? Well, it's the government, right? Like what's the next big omnipotent being that can take control of your life? It's going to be Uncle Sam. So as we you know, as we kind of veer away from these, I guess, Christian values or just this idea that there is a, a, a God above us, um, it, it makes sense to me that government falls next in line. And we see that constantly. People are, are always looking for government to step in and save them or for a handout. And the people who are, you don't want to stay still mooching, but the people who are still mooching off of um, unemployment from the COVID situation right like there's a lot of people who just aren't working because they're getting a 
check from the government and they don't have to go to work. So there's a lot of different things happening, I guess, but I think really embracing the good things that America does have to offer and it is the land of opportunity. In my opinion, America has been really good to me. I, you know, and I think by and large, we don't even realize how good we have it. So just this, there's a lot of disdain. And I think, I don't know, I guess just like a misguided notion about what America really is. But for me and for other people who love America, we need to really start speaking up and speaking out and, and talking about the good things that America does have and does do and um, continue to kind of rebuild that that faith in our country. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that one. Now, you was in, well, let me put it like this. You had a moment when one of your videos went viral. And I remember seeing that video and then when you was talking about it, and then me and Kevin was talking about it. And then I pulled it back up again. And I was like, oh, snap, that was her. <laughs> I didn't even realize that, you know? And then uh, he was like, yeah, that, that was her right there. So I, I wanted you to elaborate on that moment because I don't think you was looking for anything to happen. I think you was just trying to capture, hey, look, this is what is going on in my area. This is what we're dealing with. The news is not being honest with you. So this is what's really happening. Form your own opinion. But I, I want you to talk about it from your eyes, your thoughts in that moment, how you remember it. Yeah. So last summer, so after the, um, you know, after everything that happened with George Floyd kind of went down, there was, the city was just in chaos. I mean, for, for good week between the national guard coming in and not doing anything to buildings being burned down to like the post office i lived i don't know like five or six blocks from the police station that burned down and the target that was in my neighborhood was completely destroyed and, and looted um, it actually reopened right before i moved back to wisconsin but it was out of commission for months and a lot of lake street i lived off of uh east East Lake Street, so 33rd and, and East Lake, which is a little closer to the St. Paul side, but um, I mean, it was right where all the action was. The street was barricaded off. It was just very surreal. And I just started kind of walking around and recording what was going on in the neighborhood. And I was posting things on Instagram and I didn't have, I don't have a big following. I, I don't, I'm not really about that. The people that I, I have and I talk to regularly, I really appreciate, but um some of these people who are, who are doing this day in and day out i'll talk on that in a minute but it's it's exhausting um mm -hmm. so i i was i was walking um just around my neighborhood and i was just kind of showing hey this is the walgreens that was burned out hey this is the target that um you know has been totally just decimated on the inside of the the sprinklers were going off like in the water <laughs> water was pouring out of the ceiling and oh, wow. the shelves were empty it was just a very it was crazy I still have some of that stuff posted um, on my Instagram page under like I think it's like MSP riots or something it's what it's titled but it is it's just me walking around the neighborhood and I took photos of the National Guard and I just took photos of the damage and there was just a lot that when I would read what was going on in papers or when I would see news clips, um, you know, online of just like what was circulating. I was like, this isn't, this isn't what, this is not what's happening. You know, it was, it was a much different narrative when I was living it versus what was being shown on the TV screen. So I don't, I forget who picked up my, my video. I don't know which influencer found it or what hashtag I use, but it went like mega viral and I got like 8,000 views in, I don't know, like 24 hours. And it just kept going um, for a couple of days. And I, I tried to respond to people. I was just getting blown up with messages and people being like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Or how can I help? Or wow, I had no idea. That's what was really going on there. Um, which showed me that like one, I don't want to be an influencer because I was completely overwhelmed with all the messages that I was getting. Right. Um, it was, it was nice that all these people were reaching out and like genuinely, genuinely concerned about my well-being, the city, just all of those things. That was really cool. But 
I'm one of those kind of people that if you if, if you send me a message, I want to reply to it. I want to respond and, and acknowledge that you sent me something. So um, it was just kind of overwhelming because my inbox inbox had just exploded. Um, but it showed me like <laughs> you know this is this is this is a whole different media tool than than what we've had access to in the past. Yeah, and that media tool is something that I believe big government is going to try to shut down because it's going to alter their agenda they're trying to push, especially like when somebody says something. And one thing I hate is like when you go into a business and when you're talking to the people, you know what's going on. They try to talk down on you like you don't know what's going on. They do this day in and day out and almost feel like that's how big government is almost handled in certain situations. Like, no, you don't know. We know. Just do what we say. And I think it's going to come to a point where um, social media is going to be cut down to a point where you can only get out so much information because we're at the beginning of everything. And at the same time, people are like, oh, hold on. You know, we didn't know this. So let's pull the reins on this. Oh, let's pull the reins on that. And let's formulate what we got to do right there. And um, th- that's just how I look at it. But like I said, I got buddies that'd be like, yo, man, you're a conspiracy theorist. And I was like, okay, you'll say that until it really happens. But his- history repeats itself. And um, that's what's taking place right now. You know? Yeah. So um, let me ask you, what is it about your mission that drives you? Mm, so I guess a couple of things. So my my big thing before I ever got into all of this other freedom stuff was financial freedom. And one of my, um, I guess, so I'm a, so I'm, I'm a Christian, I, you know, I I try to follow the Bible. I fail epically all the time, but it's also been a very good um, tool for me to just sort of learn different tips and tricks and how to manage my life. And one thing that was always interesting to me is that the Bible mentions money a ton, like hundreds of times it shows up in the Bible. And which is interesting because you think, huh, like why would they talk about this so much unless it was important? Well, it probably is important. And one of my favorite books in the Bible, I don't know if you're supposed to have favorite books. I feel like that's sacrilegious, but um, one of my favorite books is Proverbs. (laughs) And it talks about um, this verse. It says, you know, the borrower is slave to the lender. And I just think about how straddled so many people are with debt. And how can you really be a free individual if you are literally shackled with a banknote on your house and your car and your education and all of these things that you have paid thousands of dollars for that you are now beholden to a banking system right like that's that's not a way to live as a free individual so when i was 27 or 28 um i was working this job and it was you know a a fancy corporate job and i was making good money and you know just doing all the things and I went on a vacation with one of my girlfriends and we went to Portugal and had a really good time and I spent a lot of money hmm. <laughs> things that I didn't need to. And then I came back from my vacation and I got laid off from my job. And for the first time I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have a plan. Like, I don't, I don't know what to do now. And where do I go from here? And I, kind of panicked and you know I had money and savings but that went you know fairly quickly before I ended up finding a new job and you know put a bunch of stuff on credit cards and was like this is not like a responsible way to live my life like there's got to be a better a better way and uh, about that time is when I stumbled onto Dave Ramsey, which I always feel like it's like divine timing, right? Like you go through this thing, you realize that you have a, a deficit in your life. And then all of a sudden this tool pops up to help you, you know, become a better person and, and kind of fill that void. And so for several years, no, not several, many years, um, I followed the Dave Ramsey method of, you know, budgeting and budgetary principles and getting my financial house in order and just learning how to manage money. And to me, that was one of the most, 
I guess, empowering things that, um, you know, as an individual, I could do for myself and really kind of putting myself in this situation where, you know, long-term I'm like, no, like, I don't, I don't want to answer to the bank. I don't want to be in a, in a spot where, you know, I'm, I'm being held hostage by whatever loan that I have outstanding. And so in learning how to do that and really learning how to, you know, to budget and, and manage my own money, to me, that was a really big step in, you know, in my freedom journey. So financial freedom is, is a big part of what I, I do. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I spoke at a women's event and just walked through my budgeting practices and, you know, gave out some worksheets and spoke very openly. I'm, I'm very open about money. I, I it's just a tool, right? It, to me, money is the same thing as a firearm, right? It can be used for good or it can be used for bad. But at the end of the day, it's just a tool to help you, you know, do what you need to do with it. And I think that there's such a, a stigma around just finances in general and to really try to break down those barriers and to be more open and transparent about, you know, how we spend our money, how we can make our money work for us, how we can budget and plan for the future and, and you know, work on investments and those sort of things. So um, that's kind of where my, I guess, like my freedom journey started. It was really about financial freedom for me. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, but I like how you like tied it into everything else you do in life because money is the driving force for everything we have to do in life. Um, well, but I'm also a firm believer in, um, and this goes back to one of my conspiracy theories thoughts, but it's actually based on the true appeal on how the government um, was formed and the money making process and everything. So that's a deeper conversation that we don't have time to talk about on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we can talk about 1913 and the formation of the Federal Reserve on a future podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to tackle it. <laughs> so now let me ask you this one. Um, when did you discover your passion for activism work and firearms? Yeah. Because a, a so, lot of times the two don't go together. So when did you discover that you had a passion for both of them? Yeah, so I think I've always been a pretty outspoken individual, um, for better or worse. I I don't have a great filter. I've definitely honed it in over the years, but, and I always say, I'm like, I could never run for office because if you go back far enough on all the social medias, I've said some very not so nice things to people on the internet. So. Um, I've just always kind of been blunt and, and brutally honest and will call people out for, you know, just being idiots. I just don't have like the time or the patience for people not thinking critically. So uh, it's funny because a couple of people have said, you know, when did you, when did you get interested in activism? And like, I don't consider myself an activist, even though what I'm doing is, you know, technically a, you know, a, a form of activism, right? Getting out there and, and teaching other people about freedom, about firearms, things like that. Um, I'm not a, a certified instructor. I've thought about potentially doing something like that. But for me, it's just going to the range. And it's funny when you start. So one of my favorite quotes was, um, I, one of my mentors from years ago would always say this. And he said, if you start yourself on fire, people will come out of the woodwork to watch you burn. And I always thought that was so interesting because it, it's, you know, both good and bad, right? Because someone on fire is going to draw attention for better or worse, right? You're like, oh my gosh, like, what is that person doing? But when you start to kind of walk in your purpose and you start to really start living out actions that align with your words, people take notice. And then they think, you know, I, I kind of want to be a part of, of what they're doing, or at least, you know, maybe check it out, right? Because all of a sudden their curiosity is peaked and they're like, huh, this is, this is really interesting and I, I want to learn more about it. Um, so for me, it's really just started, you know, posting photos. I really, I got into shooting in like 2013. I was dating this guy who was a hunter and I did I've dated a lot of hunters. I'm in Wisconsin, like we shoot deer. And that's Everybody like hunts up there. <laughs> everyone's got a shotgun, everyone's shooting deer, which is good because otherwise you hit them with your car. So like we right. need to like keep the herd. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah and like that's really the first I had shot you know a couple of shotguns in high school and stuff like that and, you know BB guns and things like that but it wasn't really until 2013 that I had shot you know my first handgun and I was like oh pistols like this is different what is what is this about and you know he was a very good trainer and teacher he's very patient and he was you know an avid hunter so very comfortable around firearms and um yeah and then I really kind of didn't stay super plugged into it until probably about three or four years ago and it was just sort of this thing that I just kept getting exposed to and people would ask me hey do you want to go to the range hey do you want to you know do you want to come shooting with me hey we're you know gonna go shoot sporting clays would you be interested in coming along and it just sort of kept escalating I guess through that and then I started to post stuff on social media or I would you know send photos to my friends and they would say hey like this is actually pretty cool would, would you mind taking me next time you go to the range or could you introduce me to someone who can you know teach me how to handle a pistol or how do I sign up for hunter safety it's this stuff like that right and then all of a sudden people sort of see you as this uh you know this go person. person yeah <laughs> person yeah that's that's how I'm labeled around Columbia when people recognize me they'd be like hey you're that gun guy like, yeah that's me <laughs> what can you really say like they don't remember your name right off the bat but they, uh, <laughs> right. what you're associated with so I get that. I get that. so um let me ask you this last question before we go to our next commercial break and then um, when we come back after that commercial break, the session I like to call um, rapid fire. And um, I'm still determining if we're going to tally points because we don't, I, I don't drink. So we're not in the same room. So you can't do push ups or anything like that <laughs> or shoot bullets at the range or something. So you just got to figure out a tallying system for that. And I think I'll have something figured out by the next two or three shows. But, um, <laughs> All right. So first, let me ask you, how can people find you like on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, whatever you want to put out there? Yeah, for sure. So I don't tweet because it's my least favorite platform. I think Twitter is a, it's a cesspool. I think I have a few tweets out there, but it's I'm just I'm like, I creep once in a while. But every time I go on Twitter, I'm like, this is a dumpster fire. And now I remember why I don't go on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> But I'm very active on Instagram and I, I don't post a lot of posts, but I post a lot of stories and you'll really kind of get a feel and flavor for kind of what I stand for and really what I'm passionate about on my stories. It's a mix of the world ending and humor and, you know, inspirational stuff, Bible verses, things like that. Um, but mainly how you how you take on big government and just the lies that are constantly being told to us. So that is uh, my handle is at Rockstar Burst. And my last name is B-E-R-S-T. And you can find me on LinkedIn and Facebook under that same name, MJ, it's capital M, capital J, Burst. And I do have a YouTube channel. Um, my, uh, if you search for the Everyday Rockstar, that's my, my channel. It only has a few videos on it. I've got big dreams and big visions for it, but I haven't done a whole lot with it yet. It's probably four or five episodes up. And I also have a Telegram channel. Same name, the Everyday Rock. I think it's the Everyday Rockstars. The link to it's in my bio on Instagram. So you can find my my telegram channel on there but i post a lot of the stuff that i can't post on instagram and there's no um i shouldn't say there's no filters on telegram but it's far less censored than some of these other platforms so as things get more and more intense in the um censorship department i'll probably be using that more there was some news today that was kind of disturbing about um youtube's new guidelines so yeah yeah so that's a whole thing so i'm sure i'll be posting even more about that on um on my telegram channel so yeah okay um so for those of you who are new to the podcast or you want to go ahead and um follow rockstar um all that information will be in the show notes and at the same time if you want to go ahead and follow um m-w tactical you can look us up at m underscore w tactical on all platforms facebook is m-w tactical YouTube is M-W Tactical and um, Twitter M at M underscore W Tactical. 
Instagram, the same thing, and Twitter, the same thing. And the only reason I do Twitter was because I was using it back like in the early, like 2015, 2012 or something like that. And it was all for business stuff. I could never figure it out. So now I only use Twitter to post stuff about um, my shooting competition and anything I put out. And at the same time, I go on there and start trolling people on that TV show, Big Brother. (laughs) 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 Try to make it fun. All right. So um, let's go and take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to do this next segment. I'm a, I came up with called Quick Fire. So um, it's just questions, and we're going to explain the rules when we come back. All right. So everybody, please stay in your seats, turn the volumes up. And if you need a restroom break, please go do so. Grab your drinks. But we will be right back after this commercial break. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL, who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Mental Health and Guns. At Walk the Talk America, we are working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under scheduled events, find out where I'm going to be, come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high-quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, The Relic Holster is available in four different models, fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your Relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. All right, good people, we're back at it again. And this new segment, I need to come up with an intro for this instead of just talking it in. I need to throw some cool music into it and sound effects and everything. I'll figure out all that stuff. But this segment is called Quick Fire. So um, 
there's no long answers. It's either one or the other. But if you say both, there's going to be some form of a penalty. And we just need to figure out what that penalty is. So you're the prototype of this subject. And um, <laughs> later on in the future, we can come up with how we're going to direct this and everything like that. So we can just kind of give a rundown of what what's to come. How about that? Perfect. All right. So here we go. Um, short answers. Okay. Who's your favorite celebrity shooter? You. Hey, I appreciate that. But I wasn't looking for that answer. <laughs> I was just looking for honesty. <laughs> but I do appreciate that. All right. So now let's go to the next question. Um, now, let's say like if you happen to say both or you're torn or whatever, you have to give your reason why you say both or you're torn between the two. That's the only explanation to this game. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, handgun or AR? AR. Hmm, okay. Full size or compact? Full size. Hmm. Tactical training or competition? Tactical. Okay. One in the chamber or not? None. Hmm. Now, let, let me ask you that one. I have to ask that one. Why you say none? I don't know. I just feel like, I guess because so much of my uh, my training has been safety focused um, and just having that, you know, I don't know how to like put that into words, but just, I, I like, I guess for me, it's like, I have more control that way if I always know that the chamber is clear and I'm you know, putting it around that it's good. I, I know what's going on versus okay. forgetting that one is in there or hoping that I have one in there. Whereas like if I control the process, I'm kind of a control freak. So <laughs> I got you. I got you. So um, now we're we going to come back to the conversation probably the next show. Okay. okay. We're going to come back to that one. So that's, that's pretty interesting that you said that. All right. Um, if you don't know any of these organizations, just say you don't know, and then we'll reword it um, where it makes sense to you. Um, USPSA, IDPA, or Tactical Games? I don't know. Okay. So, um, all right, so let me change that question up. I'll come back to that one. Iron Sights or Red Dot? Red Dot. Hmm, you said that one fast. I know. Well, mainly because I've trained more on red dots, so I'm way more comfortable. No, I got you. I got you. I got you. So, um, all right. So let's see. How can I change up USP at USP? Okay, let me put it like this. The videos you see me doing competition shooting or tactical games. And tactical games is like um, you're shooting a rifle, a handgun, but you can carry like weights over a certain distance you got to climb a tower shoot at certain distance it's like a fatigue course it's like it really beats you up on the mental and physical to see how you stay within the realm of um shooting that competition versus uspsa i have enough time whereas i can walk the stages pretty much all day until it's time to shoot and then um, i can formulate my plan and then only stress on me is shooting it as fast as I can. And hopefully I don't have a malfunction with my firearm. So between those two, which one would you prefer to do? I uh, probably, probably what you do. I mean, yeah. okay. USPSA. Yeah. Just I, there's, I think there's, it's, it is a lot more, I guess. Uh, I, I understand the whole, idea behind you know the fatigue and really sort of you know how how are you handling under that kind of pressure mm -hmm. but i don't know ain't nobody got time to be tired i already do so much stuff i don't want to have hobbies that make me even more tired <laughs> <laughs> well my whole thing is i, I want to do um at least one tactical game a year and i said i was going to start it last year but COVID was the reason why because of all the travel restrictions and you didn't know what you was walking into and all that so that put a halt on that then you turn around and the ammo situation across the board put another damper on that but there are 
still competitions going forward. And the only thing I've seen that a lot of people have done was reduced the round count and they mitigated a lot of resources so they could still push forward with what they're doing. Yeah. So, um, but I'm going to tackle, I'll probably do it um, at least one time next year, do a tactical games um, next year. Nice. As well. But I'm looking forward to that. But I like to push myself like that as well. Um, but I think um, competition is the simulation for real life experience. That makes sense. So if you can do it in competition, you can definitely do it in real life. Yeah. Um, it's just a gauge to see where you are under that stressor, you know. Whereas um, when I first started doing competition shooting, um, outside of my ego getting involved, I was only using it as a training tool. Sure. But um, I'll tell the complete story um, when we actually talk about that uh, moving forward. Whereas when I was doing this Homeland Security Force, um, course not force um and it was a shooting instructor course with homeland security the instructor took us to um, a uspsa match and i really i think it was uspsa i don't think it was idpa and um there was a lady there who was like 50 plus she demolished everybody that was with us in that class and i was like how in the world because you know i was the only army guy me and my, my buddy named mike um, we were the only two army guys there. Everybody else was Homeland Security. And we're like, man, this is what we do. We, you know, we just got back from Iraq, Afghanistan. So yeah, we got this hands down. Right. The one thing we didn't account for is we both were infantry. And in an infantry unit, you're fighting with a squad of people. So you're only moving as fast as your weakest person. Because yeah. you can't just leave people. So you got to move as a group in an organized manner. That was the one thing we didn't focus on or that we put into our equation. We just, okay, we can do this, right? But when you shoot individually, it's a totally different game than shooting with eight other people on your squad <laughs> and managing <laughs> or team leader, you know? And that old lady demolished us. And I was like, holy cow. So um, I was like, yo, I got to get into this. I got to figure this out. I dove in head first and... At first, people wasn't willing to help me, but then I ran into a group of people that were good people that decided to help me out. And then I started using it for um, uh, just a learning tool, you know, because getting out of the military, I was trying to keep my life in line with as much as the military as possible. Yeah. Because you got to remember, I went into the military when I was 18, 19 years old. So that's all I really know. So shooting was something I did all the time in the military exercising was something I did all the time in the military so I try to keep my life in line with what I know worked for me and um later on I got the competition bug because I'm a very competitive person and the competition aspect just pushed me deeper into the sport to get better to reach this goal of getting this rating or whatever the case may be so um that's the portion I'm at now with the numbers, the dynamics of the sports and everything pushing forward. Awesome. Yeah, we could talk about all that later. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, we're gonna go ahead and conclude right now because um, I think that's enough of the introductory of Rockstar to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And I think we're gonna have um, interesting conversations because you're actually somebody who, when I talk with, you don't hold back. And I do appreciate that, how some people try to hold back or try to give you the book answer. You just rattle out whatever comes to your mind and you don't care if you're politically correct or not. And <laughs> I really do appreciate that. Um, but I know a lot of people do that as well because it brings forth honest conversation. And you're like, I don't care if I hurt your feelings or not, which I don't care if people hurt my feelings, but I think that's how you learn as a group, right. people, you know, through conversation like that as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm never too big, proud or whatever, however you want to look at it to say, Hey, that's the wrong way of thinking. I need to understand why you think like that. Cause probably more people think like that. And that's part of America. We got to figure out how to interject ourselves within each other. Right. You know, at least to move forward at least. So, um, but I want to welcome you to the M-W tactical podcast and thank you for taking on the duties of being in the co-host seat and I hope you learn as much about competition shooting and the aspect of training 
as much as I will learn from you the aspect of activism work. You know? I'm super excited to be here and thank you for the opportunity. And I'm excited just to have a lot of great conversations. I think we're going to cover a lot of topics and um, yeah, just <laughs> we'll just watch society collapse in real time. It's totally fine. Hey, that's it right there. And come up with a perfect solution of how we can glue it all back together. Right. <laughs> all right. So once again, um, if you want to follow me on social media, head on over to YouTube and Facebook and look up M-W Tactical. If you're on Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, go to at M underscore W Tactical. If you want to email us, email info at M-W Tactical. Or if you're looking for some training or you want us to come to one of your events, please give us a call at 803-250-1256. Now, I will leave Rockstar to give her social media outlet. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I'm most active on Instagram and you can really find me on there the most. It's at Rockstar, B-E-R-S-T, Rockstar Burst. And that will... Uh, if you connect with me on there, I can connect you to all my other social channels um, or just look me up. You can find me on Facebook and LinkedIn under MJ Burst. Um, I have a website out there, mjburst.com. It's on my, my real job as a marketer. So, I mean, if you ever need marketing stuff, you can pick my brain on that too. But yeah, I look forward to connecting with people on the uh, on all the socials. All right, that's it right there. So. Everybody go flood her Instagram and LinkedIn. So it will shut down. So they got to restart it up to get everything regenerated. So <laughs> once again, thank you for coming on to the M-W Tactical Podcast. And I'm looking forward to next week's conversation. For everybody else, um, go ahead and catch up on season three if you haven't. This is season four, the first episode. And until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing and have fun. Y'all be safe out there. Are you in the market to purchase your first or next firearm, but find the atmosphere of a gun store intimidating, crowded, or uninviting? There's a way for you to purchase the gun you want while avoiding the crowds, the gruff salesmen, and the marked up prices that come with a brick and mortar gun store. The process is called a transfer, where the purchase is made in an online store and sent to a federally licensed middleman called an FFL who processes the paperwork and background check for a firearm purchase. CAE Transfers is the FFL with the lowest transfer cost in the Midlands at only $20 or $15 with the presentation of a South Carolina concealed weapons permit and $10 for repeat customers. If you live in Columbia, South Carolina or its surrounding areas, choose CAE Transfers as your FFL during checkout and let me help you complete your online gun purchase. You can find and follow CAE Transfers online at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using at CAE Transfers. Thank you for your business, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hey, this is Brian Conley at Hunter's HD Gold. If you've never tried Hunter's HD Gold, then I challenge you to find me at a match next year. Go to the website under Scheduled Events, find out where I'm going to be. Come meet me in person and demo a pair for yourself. Find out why shooters across the United States are changing the Hunter's HD Gold to get 43% more light to their eyes, better contrast, eyes that are not fatigued at the end of the day based on the, the colors that we use, and find out the real meaning of why they change so you don't have to. So check us out on our website, huntershdgold.com, and I look forward to seeing you at the range soon. JM4 Tactical has developed a state-of-the-art polymer holster that will quickly become your go-to holster. With high quality Hermit Oak leather, securely sewn to the interior of the molded outer Bolteron shell, your draw becomes silent and no more scratches up and down your firearm. When seconds count, you can rest assured that you will have the upper hand when you need it most. Whether you carry open or concealed, the Relic holster is available in four different models fitting over hundreds of different style guns. The new reliable, easy, light, individual carry holster by JM4 Tactical. Order your relic today at jm4tactical.com. I'm Jason Pratt, Masterclass USPSA shooter, owner of Brass Monkey Bullets. If you're interested in competition bullets, visit 
www.brassmonkeybulletsllc.com or call me at 423-967-1063. For more information, my email is brassmonkeybulletsllc at gmail.com. Thank you. mental health and guns. At Walk the Talk America, we're working with both the mental health community and the gun industry. Created by a gun industry veteran, Walk the Talk America seeks to raise awareness and create change through suicide prevention and firearm safety without legislation. We strive to eliminate the prejudice that firearms and mental health face. For more information and to support Walk the Talk America, please visit walkthetalkamerica.org. Thank you for taking the time to hang out with us on the M-W Tactical Podcast. Remember, a new podcast comes out every Tuesday. If you can't wait for Tuesday, go listen to past episodes to catch up on what you missed. Make sure you visit www.m-wtactical.com and see what all is offered on the site where you can even purchase M-W Tactical apparel. But please... Go to our Facebook and Instagram page and follow us on our journey in the sport of competition shooting in the realm of the two-way community. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun.